This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Flashlight. Check. Two belt. Check. Attitude. Check. He's going in. Joe Sutro. This is Melton now. Both Twin Cities newspapers uh, had prominent displays on the front page today of the, what is being called in both stories, the alarming loss of sea ice. The uh, Tribune, Star Tribune, went with the uh, Washington Post. The Pioneer Press went with the Associated Press. Here is the Washington Post. Antarctica's ice sheet is melting at a rapidly increasing rate, now pouring more than 200 billion tons of ice into the ocean annually and raising sea levels a half millimeter every year. The melt rate has tripled in the past decade, meaning 10 years ago, It was a third of a half millimeter. Would that be a fair statement? Yes. Okay. The melt rate has tripled in the past decade, the study concluded. If the acceleration continues, some of science's worst fears about rising oceans could be realized, leaving low-lying cities and communities with less time to prepare than they'd hoped. The result also reinforces that nations have a short window, perhaps no more than a decade, to cut greenhouse gas emissions if they hope to avert some of the worst consequences of climate change. Antarctica, the planet's largest ice sheet, lost 219 billion tons of ice annually from 2012 through 2017, approximately tripled the 73 billion ton melt rate a decade ago, and the scientists the scientist concluded. From 1992 through 1997, Antarctica lost 49 billion tons of ice annually. All right. At the current rate, which apparently is to reflect an increase in the melting at the current rate, sea levels will rise a half millimeter every year. You know what a half millimeter is? What? Not much. About one twenty-fifth of an inch. To which I would submit to you, and I'm not doubting them, okay? I'm, I'm, I believe okay, the you're climate gonna run with their numbers, okay. But I would submit to you that's imperceptible. One twenty-fifth of an inch. It, it's to me that's imperceptible, and would suggest to me, is it true? Is could it possibly be true that there's been ice melt for tens of thousands of years? In other words, if you are now attempting to uh, plant the seeds of alarm with me, 
uh, and you are ice experts, you scientists, and I'm not even suggesting that they're on board with the Al Gore crowd. This is these are scientists, and this is what they do. They study ice. But if you are if you are uh, uh, suggesting that I am to develop alarm because the the rate now of uh, rising sea levels is a half millimeter a year, what am I to be alarmed about? To which their answer might be, yes, but if this trend continues, what's what's it going to be like 100 years from now? Well, if this trend continued at the present rate 100 years from now, the sea levels will have risen four inches. And the, to which 100 years from now, four inches? Well, you've got to do the math on 125th an inch a year. And and the offsite correspondent and I on the phone came up with that would be about four inches over a, over a century. That would be also be imperceptible. But they then might say yes, but this trend is continuing. So say ten years from now, maybe it's going to be a rising sea level of you know six inches a year. I don't know. But or it clearly, might get colder. Clearly, clearly, what we are to be—they want us to be alarmed by the idea that clearly, in their estimation, man is bringing this about by virtue of man's activity. And and when you get to the Berkeley City Council, it would be most principally Americans, nowhere else in the world, but Americans have the responsibility to stop this. To stop what? Right. It's an imperceptible rise in sea levels. And how do we know? that the sea levels haven't been fluctuating for tens of thousands and thousands of years. <laughs> we know that. I think it's safe to say we know they have. Of course they have. 10,000 years ago, we were under ice right where we're speaking. Right. Okay. Here's, well, let, let me let me continue to try to be uh, commonsensical here. The study is the product of a large group of Antarctic experts who collectively reviewed 24 recent measurements of Antarctic ice loss reconciling their differences to produce the most definitive figures yet on changes in Antarctica. The results were published Wednesday in the journal Nature. We took all the estimates across all the different techniques and we got this consensus, said Isabella Velacagna, an Antarctic expert at the University of California, Irvine, and one of the many authors from institutions in 14 countries. The lead author was Andrew Shepard of the University of Leeds in the UK. The detailed record shows an acceleration starting around 2002, said Beata Kasthau, one of the study authors and a glaciologist at the State University of New York at Buffalo. Kasthau noted that comparing the first and last five-year periods in the record reveal an even steeper acceleration. Uh, okay, a steeper acceleration that is led to currently a half millimeter increase in the sea level annually. How can that even be called how can that even be called an acceleration when when one twenty fifth of an inch is essentially imperceptible? It's I believe so them minute. I believe them. Okay, I believe them. But here's what I don't believe. I don't believe that a sea level rise of one twenty fifth an inch a year would be worth what the what the likes of Berkeley City Council members would do in in actions of of their political power. You get where I'm going here? Mm-hmm. I'm not a climate change denier. I've always believed the climate changes. It's nature. Right. What I protest mightily is the idea, A, that a government can do something about this. 
B, that it would be horribly expensive. C, that it would be horribly inhibiting on your on various forms of your freedoms. And D, we would have no evidence that what a government would undertake, what a government would undertake, would even work or be needed to work. We don't know that. Just like we don't know if ice melting at the poles or in Greenland or whatever hasn't been happening for tens or hundreds of thousands of years. So you have this, this stories on both front pages presented with words like worrying rate of ice melt, uh, alarm, uh, accelerated rates of melt. Okay, I read them carefully. And I thought, well, I'm being asked to believe, apparently because of the behavior of man, and that usually means the behavior of Americans, that ice is melting. And that if the ice continues to melt at this rate, low-lying coastal communities will disappear. That could be. That could be. That would just be nature. It might be 20,000 years from now or 10,000 years from now, because you're not going to make anything disappear at 125th of an inch a year. Am I being reasonable? I think so. What What is going to disappear when the sea level rise is imperceptible? No, nothing. It's not going to, nothing's going to change. Uh, the rapid recent changes. Rapid. So if the, here's another way to look at this. If this change in measurement is so rapid and so recent and yet results in what is now described as a current increase in sea levels of 125th an inch a year, that rapidity essentially has meant nothing except to the eye of a scientist who has the means to measure it. Right, because you're not going to see it. You won't see a difference. You know what a, you know what a millimeter is? One millimeter equals point zero three nine three seven zero one of an inch. I've seen her on the ruler. It's hard to see on a ruler. Yeah, they're they're it's imperceptible. Yeah. It's imperceptible. So to repeat, the alarm bell has sounded, and once again, and this this comes along every once in a while, and I do hold the scientists accountable for this hysteria. We only have ten years. No, you don't know that. You only have ten years to do what? And at what cost and what evidence do you have that whatever you're going to pay and for whatever measures you want to take are going to produce the result you want, which is what? For ice to stop melting? How do you know the ice hasn't been right. melting for tens and tens and thousands of years? Well, and, that's just it. What, what is their end goal? To stop it from melting and plopping into the ocean? Well, you this, is, this is where I have trouble because I have no reason to believe that these scientists are uh, a part of a political movement to involve world governments in more control over human behavior. Uh, They're just scientists and they come up with this stuff 
And I don't know how in God's name the reader was supposed to react to these, because if any reader really read this carefully and then bothered to discover how much a one half a millimeter is, you'd come away from your morning coffee, you'd put the newspaper down and say, that does not alarm me. That doesn't alarm me. Well, who's who's line three? Neil, Neil, go ahead, please. Mr. Mayor, there's an article by a gentleman named Klaus Rorick, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to read you a, um, it's long been an article of faith among Western progressives who never tire of looking for reasons to condemn Western culture that climate change is a result of capitalist exploitation Absolutely. of the planet. Absolutely. And progressives are well known for believing that any problem, no, all problems are solvable if we just give the experts appointed by government free reign. Very good point, Neil. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry I cut him off, but I just looked at the clock. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. I took great pains, not great pains, I made a phone call, uh, to avoid uh, getting into our typical uh, sophomoric behavior about math. I wanted to be accurate about the math. And and now I'm even getting emails saying uh, a half a millimeter is closer to one-fiftieth of an inch. Uh, I don't want to go there. I'm on the right track when I say a half millimeter is essentially imperceptible. Here's the problem we face. The climate change movement, as it is intended to become more and more politicized and to put more and more power in the hands of government, ostensibly to fix this catastrophe. What catastrophe? But the problem is the left or the mystery compels you to think only what the left will allow you to think. We've seen countless episodes, uh, examples of that. And what the left is demanding now is that you must accept climate change. I do. The climate's always change. What I don't accept is your movement to do something about it. At what cost and what evidence do you have that, you, that it needs to be done? And why are you telling me that we only have a 10-year window? If the rate, right. if the accelerated rate of the rise in sea levels is now a half millimeter. What, what's the crisis? What, and why don't the, the, I wish the report did the report, the reporters didn't ask that question. Wouldn't it have alarmed some reporter to, I, I would imagine many of these authors held a conference call or something to release this information. Wouldn't it have occurred to some reporter to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, check this out. You mean to tell me, that you are sounding an alarm bell because the uh, the amount of ice now uh, uh, contributing to the rise in ocean levels, the, the rise in ocean levels is a half a millimeter a year. That's how do you know that? That's imperceptible. How 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 could that possibly be? How could that be qualified? Paul, Joe, isn't this the ultimate windmilling when scientists will they will declare this emergency of climate change mm-hmm. and 250,000 years ago 
the climate did change. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly my, the human uh, uh, progression, but uh, 250,000 years ago, let's say, we didn't exist. The climate changed, the elements came together, and we now exist. Mm-hmm. Is, is that the kind of the ultimate windmilling? And now they're saying, no, 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 we can't have this this evolution. But basically, to a true Mysterian, we are not supposed to exist. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but here's where I have trouble. I'm trying to resist assigning the hysteria to the scientists. For all I know, they're well-intentioned. You know, they've got satellite measurements, and they study this stuff, and they write papers, Speakers and, and they get grant grant money, and they, they say, geez, look what we found. The the ice level, is it's really increasing. It's, it's, it's accelerating. We're at the point now where it's a half millimeter a year. That's nothing. That quite literally is nothing. So what must be resisted particularly in this country, what must be resisted is the movement by the left to take news like this and attach to it such alarm that governments would take action to do something about it. Do something about what? There, what somebody tell me what the crisis is. Who's that on the hotline or whatever that line that is? Phil? Hey, Joe, do this experiment. We always hear you can you know, take a sub under the polar ice cap. So do this experiment. Fill a glass full of ice. Okay. Then fill the rest of it with water until water comes up to the top of the glass, but isn't overflowing. All right. And set that glass on your counter overnight. When that ice melts, tell me how much water is going to be on your countertop. Zero. Correct. Because so the ice we, the ice occupies space in the water that will then become water. So how are we going to flood our wor- world out? We're not I, going I to. We're not going to. I don't get that. No, part. we're not going to. The other part is the largest greenhouse gas is water vapor, mm-hmm. and that's that's controlled by sunspot activity. Mm-hmm. We're already told that we're in a cooling trend for right. the last ten years. Thank I'm you, confused. sir. I, thank you, sir. I'm not confused. I've been on this from day one. There is nothing I know with more certainty than climate change as it is seized upon by the progressive leftist mysterians is no more than a ploy to increase the role of the state in your life. It has nothing to do with the environment. Go back to the quotation from the uh, from the evil city council member in Berkeley who said we must stop consumerism and narcissism. What does that have to do with her belief that there's a climate crisis. No, the crisis the, the progressive left faces is that they don't like people. One half millimeter increase a year cannot in any way be considered alarming. Because there's too many things we don't know, including, hasn't that ice been melting off and on for the millennia? Uh, we're going to be back shortly, but now, so. now thanks to our friends in Owatonna, Minnesota at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to uh, protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal, and your money now. Here's what I think it is. 
it's it's all of these giant ships we're putting in the water. Don't they displace the water? They it's must gotta displace go, the water. They got to go somewhere. That's it, a good point. It, it goes up a little bit. That's I need, a good point. I need some grant money. Go melt. Go measure a half millimeter and come back and tell me if you're alarmed. Get some of these big ocean liners yeah. out there, yeah. and they raise the water yeah. level. Uh, mixed day on Wall Street today. Stocks were higher than lower, and now we are mixed. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was uh, positive a short while ago, now down 19 points. The Nasdaq Composite has been fairly strong all day right now it is up 59 and the s&p 500 is ahead six points retail sales surged in may due in part to rising gas prices americans are spending more because of a strong economy but rising inflation also means we're paying more for gas and other staples retail sales nationwide were up eight tenths of a percent in may and sales growth in april and march was revised higher as well the government said retail sales have been up a solid 5.9 percent over the past 12 months Target is apologizing for selling baby daddy cards for Father's Day. Customers naturally took to social media to let the Target know that it isn't a term of endearment to call someone a baby daddy. While some shoppers found the cards more amusing than offensive, Target said it will remove them from store shelves. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. Thanks, Bruce. And speaking of 1500 ESPN, that's exactly where you want to go if you want to find out what is going on around town. What do we have specials? What kind of deals do we have? And what is the latest and greatest at 1500 ESPN? Check it out online, 1500ESPN.com, and click on station events and... I said the new mouse is changing my life. I'm confused about something as well as I know the game of golf. Okay. Well, 30 people just helped Dustin Johnson find his ball in the rough. Well, the three of us are here to help you with that golf question. (laughs) Well, where is it? Is that legal? Sure. Well, when I'm playing, I don't get 30 people helping me find the ball. You're not not a professional. You find your ball yet? Hey, did you find your ball? <laughs> I'm getting a lot of emails saying I've got the math wrong. Uh, uh, but 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 it strengthens my argument that I have it wrong. Okay. Uh-huh. There are approximately 25 millimeters in one inch. So if the ocean rises by one half of one millimeter per year, it would take 50 years to raise one inch. And in 100 years, it would only be up by two inches. Okay, and then I got an emailer uh, chastising me for not understanding the dangers of warming water. Okay, let's go with your theory, emailer. If the water's warming and it's still resulting in one half of a millimeter rise in sea level per year, what's the crisis? Because it would take a long, long time. That water would have to be boiling before you're going to lose Miami. Right. Actually, it's very simple. Um, You can just say one-fiftieth of a millimeter is one Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm glad it's time for news. Yeah. Here's uh, here's John. <laughs> so stunned you didn't know what to do. Sunny. One Kenny. 81 degrees gotcha. now. Twins and Tigers playing the rubber game of their uh, three-game series down in Detroit. You oh. stink! Three to one Tigers at the moment. I'm uh, done with this baseball team, Mayor. The, See you in Fort Myers. The Twins were up one to nothing in the uh, seventh inning, and uh, Lance Lynn had a runner on, and Paul Molitor came out, and Lance Lynn talked Paul into leaving him in the ball game, and then he gave up a two-run homer. I just got this uh, text from a uh, family member. I don't know the show's phone number anymore. Oh. 646-8255. Yeah. 
877-615-1500. I was an environmental major in the 70s. It was way before Mysterians. A huge part of the equation is the role of adaptation. This concept, or truth, has been lost. There are solid reasons Eskimos, Mongols, South Pacific Islanders, and the like were nomadic. Even the Plains Indians were nomadic for a very good reason. The climate changed, the water rose, the temperature changed, and affected the growing season. The climate has always changed. Yes, it has. Boom. And it always will. So if City Pages is listening, they can say the mayor has a relative in the climate change industry. That's right. See? At the U.S. Open... (laughs) Russell Henley's through nine at three under. He leads right now. Uh, Brian Gay and Dustin Johnson at two under. Uh, they're still playing. Gay through ten holes and Dustin through five. Uh, if you're wondering about Tiger Woods, he is at three over through five. There's a bunch of folks at one under, including a couple who are done for the day. Three over is actually pretty good. Yeah, today. these scores. What's the deal? Uh, the wind what, is blowing and the, the greens are like putting on a glass uh, mirror. Hmm. News notes from today, Metro Transit reports blue and green line trains are not operating from U.S. Bank to Target Field due to mechanical issues on a train this afternoon. Riders should use Route 3 buses in downtown at 4th and 3rd Streets. Uh, we also had some problems transportation-wise earlier in the day. A semi-truck tipped over in a busy stretch of Interstate 35W this morning. That prompted the Department of Transportation to close a stretch of that highway for a short time. The accident happened on southbound 35W near Interstate 94 in downtown Minneapolis. MnDOT officials were initially unsure whether they'd need to close the highway, but at 11.50 they did close it. Crews reopened the area affected just before 1 o'clock. The incident happened in that area that's under construction, part of the downtown to Crosstown project. Minnesota employers added 10,200 jobs in May, the biggest gain this year, and the state's unemployment rate fell to 3.1%, the lowest since July of 2000. The hiring spree marked a turnaround from April when the state's employers cut 3,800 jobs. Even with the rebound, they are adding jobs at a slower pace this year than they did last year. Uh, That's due in part to... uh, the fact that they can't find workers. There's a shortage hmm. of workers. Uh, Wisconsin- well, what about the people that got arrested the other day for protesting the $15 an hour wage? There are jobs to be had, right? A lot oh, yeah. of jobs. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll be darned. You can't walk into a store these days without seeing... Uh, now hiring. Phone. No yeah. experience necessary. Except yeah. at the Krabby Coffee Shop. Yeah. I don't think they're hiring. <laughs> a Wisconsin mom is accused of hacking multiple social media accounts to spread ISIS propaganda online, going so far <laughs> as to direct one individual on how to make ricin and to deploy it at a government facility or water reservoir. All of this alleged by the Justice Department. Wahiba Isa Dias is a 45-year-old person from Israel who is now a legal U.S. resident, now charged with attempting to provide material support or resources to ISIS that carries a maximum 20-year sentence and $250,000 fine. She kept a virtual library of instructions on how to make bombs, biological weapons, poisons, and suicide vests to assist self-proclaimed ISIS members and supporters in their attack planning. Uh, she's from Cudahy, mother of two, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Arrested yesterday, appeared before a federal judge. Another hearing is scheduled for tomorrow. Uh, help me, Rook. Uh, he just recently died. He was a great philanthropist in St. Paul, uh, West Publishing guy. Uh, John Nassif. John Nassif, who started, uh, I believe he started uh, with some menial task at 
at West and yes. then rose to... Uh, Kept buying stock. Well, plus he rose to an important uh, position in the company. I was talking to a guy a month ago, and I said, what did your dad do? And it uh, kind of a well-known family name in St. Paul. And the and he said he was, I uh, can't remember the division, he said, but he was at, with West. Mm-hmm. And he started there as a janitor. And West put him through school and law school. Wow. And he stayed with West, and he became very. My then I said to him, "Could that ha- can that happen still in this country?" And he said, "Yes, if the country's progressive enough." And he didn't mean progressive in the in the Mysterian way. He meant if they're if they're uh, embracing enough. If the company, if the company is so. So you said, John, a lot of these. You said you couldn't walk into a store. Mm-hmm. You can't walk into a store and find uh, uh, and not find an advertisement for help. What people have to realize is you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. How 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 do you know you can't go in that store starting at the bottom and end up running the damn thing? That still can happen if you believe it can happen. That's the end of my speech. But the yeah. expectation is that when I start working, I want to be at a certain level. It's an well, entitlement. It's you an can't. entitlement no, thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, I agree yeah, with right, you. Right. But the the great thing about the John Nassif story is that he had upper management. They were paying attention to him, mm-hmm. and he told them how to do something. Wasn't he building different. supervisor or something? To that? He was. I think he started on the dock. Yeah, he did. He started on the dock, and then he said, "You know, you can do this a little bit different." Right. They listened to him. Right. He he rose through, but he was also reinvesting, and he retired as a multi. multi. Well, I understand that, but my point being that in both the cases I've cited, people started at the as at the most bottom you could be, yeah, and look where they ended up, yeah. A strong storm slammed some areas of Pennsylvania, damaging numerous businesses, many in a shopping plaza. Also overturned cars, downed trees, and power lines. The scene in the Wilkes-Barre business district resembled a war zone, saying, uh, adding that debris littered the area. A uh, local TV station quoting witnesses is saying it was the worst such hit ever for the business district there, and that if it had swept through during business hours, things could have been much worse. This all happening last evening. Six minor injuries were reported. The storm struck the township shopping plaza late Wednesday night, the area under a tornado warning at the time. National Weather Service said it would be in the township today to survey the damage, figure out whether it actually was a tornado that touched down. Sarah Idan. Iraq's 2017 Miss Universe beauty pageant contestant is visiting Israel this week, a trip that has enraged people back home, her appearance drawing harsh criticism from Iraqis on social media. Despite the criticism, Idan said she isn't afraid and that she visited Israel because she, quote, wants peace for everyone, for Israelis and for Palestinians. Idan criticized received death threats after taking a selfie with Israeli contestant Adal Gandelsman during last November's Miss Universe competition and putting it online. In the caption on Instagram, she wrote, Peace and love from Miss Iraq and Miss Israel. Of course, Iraq and Israel do not have diplomatic relations. As she told CNN at the time, I woke up to calls from my family and the Miss Iraq organization going insane. The death threats I got online were scary. Idan arrived in Israel this week, reunited with Gandelsman during a visit organized by the American Jewish Committee to talk about peace. Um, John, I hate to interrupt you, yeah. but uh, Joe, I have some very, very um, sad news Breaking. to report. Seems as the rookie has just uh, agreed that he's going to attend a festival. Oh, no. And he did so by checking in online on Facebook. Is that what he's doing over there? He just signed up to attend <laughs> the My Talk 107.1 Cat Video Festival at CHS Field, August eighth. Uh, you're not going again. You you can't you can't do this. 
No, here's. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. What What is wrong no, with no, you? No, no, no. It wasn't for the cats. What am I? <laughs> the food guy. The food there the last couple years has oh been God. phenomenal. Then why don't you just go to a Saints game? You do they have the, the same food? That's the same food. I could do that too. Yeah. But I already signed up. Cat festival. That's three. I'm years, not, but it's right? not for the. It's for that's the food. Third year in a row. I'm here for the food. I read it for the articles. Yeah. You don't believe me, do you? Nope. Don't give me that face. No, no. Smile. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're up to 80 degrees right now. Heading for a high today of about 83 or 84. Um, we'll probably reach that late this afternoon. There are some high thin clouds still racing over us from some thunderstorms developing out west. That storm activity will probably hold off until after midnight tonight before it arrives here in the Twin Cities, and more than likely after 2 or 3 in the morning, uh, getting here with some uh, strong gusty winds, maybe some small hail, and heavy rainfall, but it doesn't look like it'll be severe by the time it reaches here. It will be uh, close to severe limits out in western Minnesota and the eastern parts of South Dakota but I think it should weaken a little bit by the time it gets here in the early morning hours. Then tomorrow, starting off with some morning showers, other than that, hot and sticky, the afternoon high getting up to 92. Then 90 on Saturday, some more morning thunderstorms are possible. Saturday, it gets hot and hazy in the afternoon. Sunday, up to 94 degrees, that'll be the hot day of the weekend. And there could be some more storms that arrive along the cool front that's going to come through Sunday night, uh, probably after dark or around dark when that arrives, but some of those storms could be strong as well. And then it cools down with scattered showers on Monday at a high temperature then, only around 80. So it definitely cools off uh, after the weekend is over. Right now, Joe, we're at 80, and I have a record for the day. June 14th, Flag Day. Yep, 98 on this day. 98? In 1987. In 1987. 44. 44. In 1927. In 1927. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. I've made up my mind. On? Even if I had the money, I would not buy a Ferrari. Even if you had the money to buy a Ferrari, right. you would not. Do you would mean not. a vintage or, or a brand new? Anyone. I, I, it's not your style. The reverence for the car has jumped the shark. Uh, you ready for this info? What do you got? A 1963 Ferrari 250 GTO has been sold for $70 million in a record-breaking auction. Many consider the 1963 Ferrari 250 GTO to be a sort of holy grail among hypercars. But that's said about every damn Ferrari they've yeah, built. Yeah, come on. It features era-defining aesthetics and once set a high bar for performance. It should know. It should come as no surprise that the Ferrari GTO once won the Tour de France. Is that the Ferris Bueller car? Uh, How was that? No, I don't think that was a Ferrari. No, it was a Ferrari. It was a Ferrari. It was, it was a California GTO, I think. You look it up. They'll tell you, Reeves. Okay, I just didn't know. Like because I thought you knew that offhand. That's why I asked. Well, I know it was a Ferrari, and that's why I never would valet park. <laughs> 70 million is an extremely high price tag for any car so who forked over the cash for this one it's uh, a Rook, 61 you have any idea? Oh, i'm sorry are you looking it up Rook? i was looking up but yeah he got it though it's the 61 ferrari 250 gt okay that's a 250 gt then huh, huh. uh david mcneil 
the founder of WeatherTech. Yeah, the guy that has the uh, the the mats. Yeah, the all weather floor mats. Of which one year you purchased for your ride. <laughs> yeah, as I thought a, it was a pretty nice gift. as a present. <laughs> yeah, I think it was an anniversary present. There you yeah, go. There you go, dear. I got you those winter mats. Look at this. You yeah. spill coffee. Oh, sucks it right nah, up. That's not a problem. <laughs> McNeil is an avid car collector, and he's highly regarded in the hypercar collector community. You want to foghorn that? Hypercar collective community. Give me a break. Give me a break. Uh, That's important to note because the 1963 Ferrari 250 GTO is often likened to artwork. Many consider it to be the auto equivalent of a Picasso or a Da Vinci. You want to know who else owned this car? I'm sorry, other famous GTO owners, apparently not of this car, but a GTO owner, Ralph Lauren. Yep. And how much money did Pink Floyd make on Dark Side of the Moon? The drummer, uh, uh, Nick Mason, owned one. Lord Anthony Bamford. In total, there are only 36 versions of this car. And that's the thing that infuriates me about Ferraris. Oh, it's one of 16. It's one of 42. No. It's one. One other car. By today's hypercar standards, the 63 Ferrari 250 GTO is a bit of a slowpoke. It can hit 60 miles an hour in less than six seconds, but a modern Ferrari would leave that in the dust. The top speed of 174 miles per hour isn't too shabby even today, but there are many faster cars. Uh, yet when it comes to the Ferrari 250 GTO, none of that matters. Art is art. Mm. Well, plus, do you think this McNeil guy is ever going to drive this thing? Well, that's the bummer. You would, I mean, you like ain't taking of, this to Burger King. Right. You, you might take it out one on a Sunday afternoon for a drive. Uh, I, I, Basically, then you're just if you paid seventy million dollars for a car, would you even risk taking it out? I guess not. Uh, this has to go right into a glass case. That's just amazing. What's the point then? This guy has seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a PhD, Joe Suchere. Two points of clarification. Earlier in the show, I was we were talking about exclusive golf clubs. Yes. And I mentioned Spyglass in California. No, I meant Cypress Point. Cypress Point. Cypress Point. Gotcha. And then uh, in reading about this Ferrari, I should have caught this. I did catch it. I just didn't say anything. How could a Ferrari have won the Tour de France? That's the bicycle race. This story must have it wrong. They must mean uh, 24 hours at Le Mans, maybe. Oh, that could be. Yeah, yeah. Tour de France. Yeah, right. Well, unless they have a, maybe there's a motor division one. I mean, uh, a Yugo could win uh, the Tour de France. Did you know, by the way, that they had three different GTOs in Ferris Bueller? No. What? One they crashed that would that that didn't run because people were mad that they totaled it. Yeah, but they had three different Ferraris for the taping of that movie. Well, what, where did they find a donor one to wreck? Well, they they didn't. They purchased all three for the movie. Right, but why would they have ruined even one of them? Maybe they built a fake one. Yeah, the one that they it was a uh, you know one that didn't run and right. they fixed it up to. to They're just a frame. Yeah, cutaway shots and fifteen hundred ESPN is. KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. The, you know what uh, jumped up to? Oh, it went, went down on 80 degrees, according to Dave. The TCL flat screen TV is on. I'm watching the U.S. Open. At last, I can give it my full attention. Well, no, we got to do the sports segment. That's the same.